This podcast is brought to you by the website of doom.com. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Fever, and welcome to the first episode of Aaron Fever Talks 2, which will be a monthly interview series uh, where I'll get to talk to some of the uh, cool musicians, comedians, uh, comic book creators that I know, and uh, maybe some I won't know as well. We'll see. <laughs> but I just want to put a little note here at the start of the podcast to say uh, this podcast only exists because of the support of you lovely people on Patreon. Um, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a, a great way to uh, financially support some of the people who uh, make things like this, like this podcast, um, that you can give just $1 a month um, to help out. And uh, it makes our lives a lot easier and makes it a lot easier to make this sort of stuff. With that out of the way, I just want to mention um, this episode is with Seth Boyer, uh, a wonderful musician who I'm a huge fan of. And I got to meet a few years ago and... You know, we struck up a lovely online relationship, uh, friendship since then. But uh, I'm just a big fan of his music. Uh, I chicken out on this podcast of uh, when he asked me what two musicians I would compare him to. I, I chickened out of answering. But uh, I'm going to be brave now and say that Nick Drake and Frank Turner would be the two guys that uh, would come to mind if I was making some sort of weird musical baby of Seth. Yeah, this has already got a bit rambling and weird, but I just want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you enjoy the conversation that we have. I had a great time talking to him and uh, quizzing him on things that I've always wanted to ask some musicians uh, and also just things I wanted to ask Seth. Next month, we'll have a interview with Declan Shalvey, uh, the comic book creator of uh, Injection with Warren Ellis. And uh, he worked on lots of uh, big books like Moon Knight at Marvel and Deadpool as well. So uh, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, for now, uh, here's me and Seth talking. How are you? How's weather in Seattle right now? Oh, it's nice and rainy and like 38 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. <sighs> is it, I should really learn this conversion rate because this is the thing I notice with Americans. They are very in tune with the exact degree temperature it is in Fahrenheit. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Whereas we, if you ask any Irish person what temperature it was, they could not for the life of you give you an answer. Um, it's we're just kind of it's mild today. <laughs> like that's kind of how we work it. Don't you have kind of a, like a semi-standardized room temperature though. Like, isn't that a thing? No, we don't have a room yep. air conditioning, no. So there's no kind of, like, if if it's cold outside, it's most likely cold inside, and <laughs> vice versa. Uh, it's, it's silly. For a country that's as wet as it is, we have not built houses that really control climate at all. <laughs> so huh. it's, a, it's a mossy place. Um, I was actually going to say, because you, you're just back from Alaska, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I just got back a couple of days ago. I feel like there's probably a lot of similarities similarities between Ireland and Alaska. Um just because we're a little island on the edge of Europe that we're kind of considered part of but not really, and I feel like Alaska probably has the same thing with the rest of America. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like there's a there's there's an element of uh of kind of more pronounced independence or isolationism that kind of comes along with it okay 
um, you know, yeah, where you are on the outskirts and you are omitted from maps a lot of the times. Or if you're on the map, you're in the corner where you don't belong at a terrible scale. So it looks like Texas is bigger. Texas is not bigger. Uh, and we will remind Texas of that every single day until Texas, you know, inevitably blows itself off the map. Yeah, but I feel like you guys aren't as blow hard about your size either. It's not oh, like, no, no, yeah. like we don't have to brag about it. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's just anytime Texas steps up and talks about how big it is, we're just like, no, stop it. Stop yeah. it. You're an idiot. You suck. <laughs> You're like a third of the size of us. Stop. Yeah, because I mean, is because I I have to be admit a little bit of ignorance when it comes to Alaska, um, because uh, there's not many TV shows set in Alaska. Uh, no, and and a lot of the times the ones that are are you know shot in Vancouver or <laughs> Connecticut. Well, yeah, I think everywhere in American film is Vancouver now or Toronto. Uh, but um, in the sense of like, what what would be the biggest city? Uh, Anchorage is the biggest city population wise. Uh, it's okay. not the capital, um, but it's it's around where I grew up, and and it's about three hundred thousand people. You know, it's about the size of Cincinnati. Okay, that's um, still actually like, relatively small. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a mid market city. It's just in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, in terms of the rest of the United States. Mm. And like, did you enjoy growing up there? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's a it's a great place to be from. Okay, uh, which is what my mom always said growing up about Minnesota. Because <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, it's a you know for for what I want to do, um, it's it's difficult to be that physically and geographically isolated and yeah. culturally isolated to a smaller extent. Um, but it's you know, it's it is the most beautiful place on earth. Like I've I've. I've never been anywhere, anywhere that you know, and and there are there are places that people will like hold up, in in you know some esteem. Actually, Iceland being one of them, um, that is the, that can kind of like hang a little bit in terms of just <laughs> geographical diversity and 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 gorgeousness. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I was home for for a week, and it was just kind of like, yep, yep, okay, you know, Seattle's great, and I love it, and I'm 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 glad I live there now, but. Oh man, it's nice to come back and look at all of this because you take it for granted when it's it's around you all the time. Okay. You know, mountains springing up out of the water and just um, you know stuff like that. Because it's unusual. Because I know, like, I mean, most people I know who come from a small town can't wait to get the fuck out of that small town. Yeah, but it, you didn't really have that so much of like I need to get out of here. I'm being held. It was more just it was a career business like made sense movement sort of maneuver. There are plenty of people, um, even even in Anchorage, which you know is. By, by all rights, you know, a, a decent sized city um, who have that kind of small town mentality of feeling trapped and feeling claustrophobic and isolated. Uh, and I had that eventually. I, f- I feel like it hits everyone there eventually at some point. There are a lot of people who, like, this, the state suffers significantly from a, a brain drain in terms of people graduating high school or college and then getting the hell out. And right. It's, yeah. It's, it's, and. But for the most part, a lot of people end up coming back. A lot more people than, you know, say some small town in the Midwest or something where you have that kind of prototypical, like, need to escape. Um, yeah. I feel like 
not a lot of those people end up coming back unless it's for, you know, family events or a death or something. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that's, why I th- that's why I think it's kind of similar to Ireland in that sense, because we, we have such a history of emigration. And, and even now, it's everybody who gets out of college, one of their first things to do is like, I'm going to go to America or Australia. But they always classify it as, I'm going to go for a couple of years. And then, <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's never a permanent move in their mind. Um, they always want to come back. Uh, but it's yeah I, I have that same thing with, with um, career stuff because you know I do comedy and I, I write you know uh, different things and stuff like that and um, you know, a mutual friend of ours Ken Plume has always encouraged me to move to America because he thought like you know this is where you need to be um, but I had that and pro- it's probably a stupid idea that if I can't become a big fish in a small pond first why would I move to the big pond I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I know. I, I, I fully, I fully get that rationale. Uh, like I was at a place in Anchorage where I was, I was not necessarily a big fish in a small pond, um, because it's a, it's a getting towards a medium sized pond up there. Okay. Um, and I was about a medium sized fish. It was just I, I still felt like there was, I don't know. I, I felt like there was more opportunity to be had in the bigger pond. Um, not necessarily just for career advancement, but um, I don't know. It, it's 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 actually panned out that way. Not again. Not in terms of you know. I, I'm by no means a household name, nor is that necessarily my goal. Right. Um, but just the people I've had the opportunity to meet in the past two years, mm-hmm. you know, since since leaving Alaska. Um, like you know, I just it wouldn't have happened. You know, I wouldn't have been around. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, you know, and meeting those people and, and, uh, you know, the, the opportunities that popped up around that, uh, have just been like priceless. I wouldn't give it back, um, for anything. I'd, and I'd say and one of those is probably the cards against humanity show that you did, uh, earlier this year. I feel like that was a big kind of show for you, right? Yeah, it was really fun. And like, and like I did, I helped up, helped him out with, pack stuff the prior year um and that was one of those things where i ended up meeting max just having uh you know having lunch one day with uh with our our friend ben who when when uh when he was just in town randomly you know and we ended up talking about lost for a couple hours over beers oh nice um you know like real <laughs> we're real cool kids right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah and uh it's just one of those things where if, if i didn't live in a city that people just come to sometimes um you know, from, from other places. And, yeah. and, and that isn't, uh, you know, at least a few times a year, kind of a, a meeting stone kind of situation. Um, then it, I, you know, I wouldn't have ended up doing those things or helping out with holiday bullshit last year or doing, uh, or, or some other secret projects that I can't talk about right now that are tangentially related that are really, really exciting. Um, <laughs> that's always the worst, isn't it? I have the, uh, I have the same thing. I'm working on a project that uh, it's it's a comic thing that I'm I'm hoping will be a thing, and then I want to tell everybody about it. But you, if, this part of it is like I want to tell them, but if it doesn't work, I'm gonna look like an idiot. <laughs> and then also as well, I don't want to ruin like the chance of me doing this thing either. For sure. But uh, you've got like, would you would you say that the things that you have coming up would be a as you, we obviously can't get into specifics, but do you think they're exciting because this is something cool that you want to do, or do you think that's something that's going to make a step up for you? I, I mean, both. It's okay, and, and and you know, that's 
I guess touching back uh, or, or uh, looping back around to the whole, you know, maybe being a household name isn't necessarily the end goal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go after the opportunities that are ultimately something that I'm, I'm interested in anyway. Yeah. You know, not, 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 you know, uh, like the, not, not, it's not like a, a kind of a soulless networking kind of philosophy. It's, yeah. It's not, it's not, well, it's not for the publicity. It's, it's like, no, I'm, this is, this is an interesting project. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you don't want to be yeah. cynical at this point in your career. No, I have so much time left to be cynical. Yeah, exactly. When you reach like spent- <laughs> when you reach Bono levels, you can be cynical then. Yeah, and, and I already spent you know all my teen years being cynical. Um, so I should, <laughs> I'm glad that I've, I've kind of you know pumped the brakes on that a little bit. What kind of teen were you? Oh God, that's a really because <laughs> I because I know you're a big anime guy. Were you one like an anime nerd? So that's the funny thing. No. Oh, Um, like I was growing up, um, until, uh, until, you know, maybe middle school or so. Um, and then I got so involved with other stuff, you know, like I was playing in bands and, and, um, I was, I was actually doing some sports. uh, Oh, what sports were you doing? I swam varsity in high school and like, cool. Um, and, and I played football for three days and decided, no, I can't have this like paunchy overweight, (laughs) like, red in the face like alcoholic white dude yelling at me to run faster when i'm sitting here like dog come on uh, <laughs> be cool <laughs> uh, uh, so that didn't work out and then i i joined the swim team because the again like, i knew the coach and our, our coach would actually get in the water and be like no like this go faster <laughs> like it's totally <laughs> like all right well at least i can respect that from like a yeah i can see you do it so that's fine yeah, yeah. um I, I don't know i was i was a i was your kind of typical angsty you know teen into like into punk um but also into ska and like a couple of years after ska was really over but in in alaska it took it takes a couple of years for those things you know for fads to hit and for them to die um what, there's a little what was like, the thing that you were doing for a while until was a ska wave or what was the you had oh, like sky punk? sky punk that was it yeah just uh, no big deal. Just a just a subgenre I, I, I created. I mean, I, I, the whole I, idea of genre distinction to me is laughable. Oh yeah, because uh, so much of the music that I enjoy and the stuff that I end up making, I feel like isn't necessarily classifiable as one specific thing. Even when you drill down into these ridiculous subgenres of, oh, you know, it's a little more like post hardcore, but like shoegaze, and then like a little bit of uh, you know, just a little bit of C punk in there. Yeah. Because so I've I've tried to you know uh, even with your music uh, to try and describe you to friends and sometimes I do the thing which is hackish in a way of it's something meets something like it's sure. you know it's and it's probably the easiest way to do it but it, I'm curious what your something meets somethings are though oh yeah. Uh, you know what? I I tend not to do that with yours so much. What I what I've what I've done with I've I've you've often referred to your songs as bummer jams, mm-hmm. um, and I've sometimes used that phrase for people. Um, but what threw me actually in describing you was your new records because you've changed things up a bit. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, so this is going to be the funniest like thing. Uh, a, a buddy of mine, uh, Noah Hafford, who uh, I've collaborated with before uh the, the the single off of i got believe in you actually was uh, uh he produced it and it's very like he does amazing electronic production um and just really good pop production overall mm. uh 
we were talking on Twitter at like 3 a.m. one night, as you do, uh, about um, Sugar Ray. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like dipping back into like how influential their 1999 release 1459 and 2001's Sugar Ray self-titled were to both of us in ways that we really didn't realize until like this year. Okay. Um, and Sugar Ray was this band that like they, they were like a hardcore band out of Newport Beach. So they were a bunch of rich, mostly white kids uh, in Southern California, like, <laughs> in, in, like trying to break into the hardcore scene way after that was done and over. And then they like put out a pop record or they put out a record that had one kind of pop hit. Yeah, Fly. The, I remember it was a huge hit. Yeah. Because like, they had like one or two, maybe two top ten hits in the UK and Ireland, so like, they they were they made an, an impact at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of if there was a international crossover there, because uh, sometimes there is and sometimes there super isn't. It's one of those kind of. Oh yeah, like the Dave Matthews Band never made it over here. Like really? It, no, 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 nobody oh. knows them. And then Everclear as well never made it over here. And I know that they were kind of bands that had their time in the states. Yeah, they had their time. They were they were Everclear kind of had a Goo Goo Dolls esque wave of like they kept putting out a, a, like a record every two years and they'd have one or two radio hits off of it. Um, anyway, the, the Sugar Ray thing came up because we're like going through those old records and like they can't decide what genre of music they are song <laughs> to song on either of those records. Like it'll be this kind of straight ahead like pop punk but leaning heavily towards the adult contemporary radio like milieu of the time. Right. Um, and then they have this kind of like bossa groove like ballad and krs1 has a verse on it and you're like what is going on i don't know what this is and yet i somehow love it and also i want a margarita like, it has a jimmy buffett esque yeah. vibe where's vibe. my hawaiian shirt yeah exactly um and i need a, to frost the tips of my goatee um <laughs> it was very 90s very late 90s early 2000s um yeah i, I use associate them in my head with lit yeah yeah Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God, lit. Um, so I, I don't know when I was like looking and then like listening to the new record, you know, for the millionth time as I'm going over mixes and, and, and stuff. Um, I was kind of like, oh man, someone's going to be able to look at my catalog someday and be like, oh, this guy's a he's one sugar ray motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll be able to do is be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. Take it um, as a positive. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've listened to every genre of music all the time throughout my entire life. Um, and will definitely go through kind of swings and phases of of something being more influential than something else. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but ultimately, I end up back somewhere in the heavier end of indie rock. Um, right. And, and I've... Before, uh, before I went into the studio to make this record, I was just kind of like... I was looking at my band camp and seeing like, what the hell kind of genre distinctions are, you know, are, am I even under here? Um, and I realized that, no, I just do need to kind of like own the fact that no indie rock is still a thing, even though, you know, the uh, large chunks of the, of the, of the population have, have kind of moved on to like fully electronic produced stuff. Um, but yeah. I, I still feel most comfortable writing for guitar based. Well, it's, it's kind of, it's fascinating because, um, because I would have 
originally put you under the singer-songwriter sort of uh, scale of the spectrum. But mm. this is very much, Get Wrecked is very much a band album. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's it surprised me when I first heard it, but then I just listened to the lyrics and I'm like, oh no, this is a Seth record. Because <laughs> like, fucking hell, man. The one that I think got me the most out of all of them was the, uh, and I know I'm going to misquote it because uh, I've had two beers, um, is the, uh, sometimes you think that I'm like an old dog that you, can you remember that line? Uh, happy to see but worried to love too much yes yeah oh fuck because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a few uh, musician friends and hopefully uh, we'll be interviewing most of them but um, there's a few uh, times when I say to them like when you're performing lyrics that are so visibly written from open wounds does that not become difficult over time performing these then on a regular basis when you when you when you tour is that like when you write stuff like that is is it a cathartic thing for you when you start performing them then at shows or is it are you reopening wounds again i feel like like luckily the time between for for this record anyway the time between those wounds being open and you know, actively bleeding. Um, and <laughs> the time that I am able to cohesively write about them in a way that, uh, that doesn't sound like, you know, a live journal or Zanga post from 2003. Right. Um, is several months usually, or at least was in the, in the case of this record. Okay. Um, and because of that, like it gives it time to calcify and scab over, um, to a point that by the time I end up writing it and if I'm happy with what I've written about it, um, and then by the time it's recorded in any semblance or performed in any way, uh, that is scabbed over to the point where it actually becomes kind of satisfying. Um, uh, kind of in the way that picking a scab is gro- like grotesquely satisfying. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those things that you know, like when you're a kid, maybe like it's just like, oh, you can't help yourself. Um, cause there's still a little itch there and there's still a little pain there. And if you can like dig into it a little bit, it's kind of nice. Um, <laughs> oh, or it reminds you that you're alive in a way that, uh, I don't know that that's certainly, certainly never, um, like if, if there's pain there, then it's never stopped me from performing. Right. At the very least, um, it's, it's a satisfying level of it. I will say there are, there have been instances with this record already of, not being able to perform certain songs in front of certain audiences because pe- certain people are there. <laughs> um, and I thought that'd be a little rude. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming they probably know the song exists though, right? Oh or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Has anyone given you, you obviously don't have to go now. Okay. <laughs> if you haven't, uh, you don't have to get into specifics about any songs or anybody, but has anyone ever given you blowback about a song? Has anyone said like, you know, how dare you write this or? No. Um, and, and like, I, I think it's um, like in the, in the case of this record anyway, uh, it's not necessarily like I, obviously it's easy for me to say this, but I don't think there's anything bitter or, um, or acrimonious or like mm. in any way mean spirited on, on this record okay. um, that isn't kind of with equal weight self-directed. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, um, 
I have to give you credit. You don't, when you write, if you write a quote unquote breakup song or like a song about like something that's gone wrong, you very rarely point the finger at anybody. It's uh, if you might, you uh, like, you know, uh, call yourself a sack of shit, but uh, you won't uh, necessarily say like it's it's somebody done me wrong song. Yeah, uh, it's it's much easier for me to criticize myself than anyone else. Yeah, um, and and that I think it comes across pretty uh, pretty loud and clear. Hmm. Um, do you? Because uh, you you have a pretty good schedule in the fact that you haven't gone very long periods without releasing at the very least an EP. Yeah, this is the longest uh, in a while, actually, because it was exactly a year between the last EP and this record coming out. Yeah. Um, uh, and, like, do you think, is there songs that, because that means, like, you have actually quite a large base of songs that you have written in a short period of time. Um, is there, is there, how do you, how do you pick a set list? Like, you have, you have quite a lot to choose from. So, um, typically like, you know, it's not the, you know, my, my process isn't necessarily the same as like a, you know, maybe like a a signed or established act that has, oh, Hey, here's a week to go into the studio with the songs that you have and to maybe write some new stuff like in studio or something like that. Yeah. Um, I I don't have the luxury of that much time. (laughs) Um, so there's not too much left on the cutting room floor in terms of like this, this record. Um, there were, uh, kind of calling back to your, uh, your the, the metaphor I was using earlier to just to belabor it even more. Okay. Um, the uh, there were several months like earlier in this year where I was not able to write anything at all um, that didn't sound like it was a Zanga post from 2003. Okay. Uh, and uh, so through this summer and and like a kind of early fall is when kind of all of this came together and mostly it was kind of a cohesive it was mostly a cohesive like thought and arc um that i had with with this record it's not like a concept thing or anything but like um there's certainly you know it's 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 probably the most autobiographical take on you know kind of a single year of my life that i've had okay in 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 anything that i've put out um but yeah, like I, I, I generally don't feel super comfortable going long stretches of time without putting out something new, and not just in terms of you know that's kind of a thing that you know you should probably do as an artist of any kind. Um, but especially now, there's kind of uh, uh, we we have access to so much content at any given point of any day uh, that it seems like after a month or two, it's kind of like, ah, well, what have you put out lately? Um, and right. I, I, I'm sure most of that is internalized. Um, but I know that I'm not alone in thinking this, especially <laughs> as musicians go. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it will be a lot less than a year before my next thing is out for sure. But when, if you're, if you're doing a, sh- a show, then, then, uh, opposite of that, like, cause you probably, you're still at that stage where you're not going to get two hours uh, to, like you can't go full Springsteen on it. Like you're more often than not, you're going to be given like a, a scheduled time of like, well, how often, how long would you get like a 30 minute slot most of the time? Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's, it's usually I'm playing shorter or opening sets. Um, mm. So like, how do you choose from what is now four or five solid, like large album, like releases? Yeah. Um, you know, usually it's a, it's a, 
it's a lot of reading the room um okay and com- combining that with what i'm in the mood for um and uh yeah luckily with a lot of those short sets i don't really need to come up with a set list it's kind of like okay off the dome i can do you know this one and that one and just kind of roll with it and uh and that's that's generally how i like to go okay now now that you have i i think you we can officially call your smash mouth cover a viral hit uh is there any pressure to play that now um you know i i I, i'm sure there there might be um it's definitely one of those things that i i'm keeping in my back pocket for the right moments um i was at a i played a a show at at a friend's house party in new york city last month um uh, and some people in this friend group have brought back the the pastime of icing. Are you familiar with this? Did this make it across the? No. Pandemic? So, are you familiar with Schmirnoff ice? Yes. Yeah. So many a seventeen year olds uh, sure. night out. <laughs> sure. It, maybe ten years ago, eight, ten years ago, there were like yeah, through the internet, people like caught wind of this as a trend, uh, as like a surprise drinking game. And the idea is, if you're if you are at any time presented by someone else with or find in an you know an inconspicuous location like opening a cupboard you know not the fridge but like you know un- under your pillow or something you find a smeared off ice you have to drop to one knee and chug the entire thing okay uh you can counter this by if you have a smeared off ice on you or within reach without taking any steps you can block the ice and then the person who tried to ice you has to drink both um it's very dumb it's super dumb. Yeah. It's also kind of funny in the <laughs> yeah. right context. Um, and we had gotten, uh, it, it had started happening at this party earlier in the night. And so I go to, to do my set and I reach behind my amp to turn it on. And there's an ice sitting there and I'm just like, God, <laughs> uh, all right, fine. You know, like I'm going to take it like a gentleman. It's like the alcohol equivalent of that game where someone like shows you they're they're making a zero out of their finger. You know that That's like exactly and then they can punch you is. in the arm. Yeah, that, that that has also come back recently within this same friend group. Okay, uh, with, minus the punching and and it's just so then it's just the source of like internal shame. Like, oh, you made me look at something, and it's really dumb. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I I have to like take this ice, and so like I'm like, all right, well I'll let you guys know, and sometime in the middle of my set I will you know chug this malt beverage um so i played all-star and when i got to the last chorus i had every, everyone was already singing along and i got down on one knee and shaped the uh the the chord shapes with my left hand while chugging the ice with the other wow and uh some friends of mine uh, uh some friends of mine got down on their knees in front of me and like started strumming with their hands <laughs> while, while I was shaping the chords and everyone was singing along. It was a pretty beautiful moment. Um, I don't, I hope I'm not going to overstate it, but that was a pretty sugar right moment right there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh man. Uh, so yeah, like I'll, I'll definitely, you know, in the right context in the right circumstances, I'll, I'll, I'll of course play it. It's still a great song. But you, it's is there because I always wonder because like for example you know Radiohead hated the fact that Creep got so big mm-hmm. because they felt that was the thing that people would shout at them play Creep and like you know yeah. shut the fuck up play Creep um, 
do you what's the closest you've had to that have you have you had a song that people will request from you the most oh no <laughs> um i mean i'm luckily still under the under the radar enough that like the the people who do you know like come to shows and have a request will like politely ask for it and i'll gladly right. play but you've you've never gotten sick of a song yet you've never had a song no. where you're like fuck this song <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> okay um there there's there's some uh yeah and and luckily you know there's some old stuff like buried deep on my band camp that you know came out five years ago that you know i'm not super hype on the like the recording quality just because i've learned so much since then you know right and gotten technically better at a lot of those things mm. um but like listening to the songs i don't hate them it's like it's like oh god how did i stumble into being kind of even mediocre at this you know when i was just starting out and so i'm like i'm not uh you know if, if someone brings up some some like old song i'm gonna struggle to remember the lyrics but i'm not gonna like begrudgingly like scoff as i like play it right um and uh yeah we because we have a mutual friend uh molly uh lewis who uh i once i once pitched a music video idea to her that i wanted to do for road trip and uh to do so i filmed a miniature version of that music video first and sent it to her in a private thing i because i wanted to make it with like because i'm a big michelle gondry fan and i wanted to make it with these kind of like life-sized cardboard cutout things so i just made these miniature cardboard cutout things and and i had them on little sticks and uh but i i used her you know recording because she gave me the cd of road trip um when i played it back to her like the first thing she had to say apart from everything else was just like god i fucking hate that recording it's so bad like (laughs) i can't listen i had to turn on mute i couldn't listen to that shit (laughs) like um Uh, yeah molly wrote a really good piece on on tumblr that i have bookmarked just because i occasionally have to send it to people um about like please if you have musician friends like whatever you do do not play their recordings in their presence oh like, yes i read you know, that if yeah if, if you're at a if you're at a party or something and you have like a, a, a like a you know a playlist on shuffle or something like go ahead and like in itunes just check the little box so that those songs don't play you know beforehand or if you forget about it just skip it as soon as you can like that that would be really great <laughs> um and yeah mostly it's for that reason of of uh you know not necessarily not liking the song um this is what you would do differently now yeah um or you know or sometimes just fatigue of yeah like a lot of the a a lot a lot of my songs i've listened to so 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 many times between recording them and mixing them and mixing them and mixing them even more and Mm -hmm. then uh and then you know into the mastering phase and it's just like at at a certain point i know every nook and cranny and i know every mistake and i know every line that i don't articulate just right um and every like little clamped note on the guitar that no one else can hear but i can um, things like that. What what part would you obsess over more? Would it be the uh, the guitar musical side of things, or would it be your vocals? Well, like what things like kind of do you end up like going over the most when you're mixing and stuff like that? Um, usually, uh, you know, usually things like vocal takes are, are pretty quick. Uh, I'm not the best lead guitar player in the world, um, so just in an effort to get something like usable that i half like on a recording okay. it usually takes hundreds and hundreds of takes <laughs> um of me getting it just right um which is kind of the beauty of modern recording because i can sit here and just set up a loop and sit here and mess it up 30 times and oh i got that part right then i can splice it together and ugh, 
yeah, that's that's pretty great because oof, otherwise. Do you have any songs that you just can't play live because you just can't get it all in one go? Oh well, a, a, a lot of the stuff from this record, I'm still struggling to figure out how to play live because <laughs> you know, just so many of them have multiple guitar parts with different you know counter melodies going on, mm. and uh, or are just songs that require drums you know they they just need that kind of like driving force behind them otherwise it's just kind of a loud sloppy guitar um, <laughs> and vocals which doesn't play so well by itself <laughs> would you ever consider having the seth boyer bands like would you ever consider like making that a thing i that- love playing with other people it's uh it, it's always just an issue of um finding the people who can do it um and not not because my parts are so ridiculously complicated. It's just because finding, you know, uh, other capable working musicians who uh, I can afford to pay to help me do these things. Right. That that is that is the hard part. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I definitely will be doing some some shows earlier in, or kind of in the early part of 2016, um, kind of showcasing this album. And I'll, I'll I'll be getting a drummer and a bass player at least together to do a little three piece version of it. Um. So, because you, you speaking of kind of fin- the financial part of being a musician, which Lord knows isn't great. Um, and it's kind of you know it, I know I'm I'm not musically inclined myself, but just trying to do anything creative, I think everybody knows how much of a struggle it is to kind of actually get paid for that shit. But you've been quite lucky in the sense well, I don't know if lucky because I think you've put a lot of work into it, but like you've done very well on Kickstarter, getting albums and and stuff like that kind of pre-financed, which is my I because I hate the term crowdfunding because I think it's been overused. So I like to say pre-financing. Um, but uh, I like that because it seems like someone's sending you an envelope in the in in the mail. Like, <laughs> You've been pre-financed for this loan. Yeah. Put in the work. Sorry, you just you you could got you went weirdly robo for a second. Could you say this oh, okay. again? Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I think there is actually some some amount of luck uh, involved, but but certainly, you know, I put the work in too. Um, I, yeah, I did. I did my first uh, my first Kickstarter actually back in 2012, uh, and it was after I had I had recorded uh, like a studio EP, the, the uh, pre Exodus, um, and so the the thing was done ostensibly, and it was just uh, funding the you know physical manufacturing of CDs and and, and paying some of the people people. Uh, involved and that turned out to be the best case scenario it was still while kickstarter was really young they'd been around for maybe six months to a year at that point yeah um and it was not a household name so it was a lot of convincing people oh hey this is a thing (laughs) don't worry it's Uh, not a scam (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah um and you know crowdfunding or pre-financing was was very very nascent at that point too so that like kind of kind of cutting my teeth on a smaller project early definitely helped um and it helped keep the scope and scale of this one which did require more money in terms of like the the ambition of the project was bigger mm. um but it helped me keep a lot of things in perspective as far as how to offer you know sane doable rewards and stuff and, and yeah and, uh, it was it was really helpful in that regard and yeah, certainly without crowdfunding, neither of these two projects would have happened, um, or they would have happened in such a 
a lesser way that uh, they'd be kind of indistinguishable. Because, yeah, I've, I've, I know some people are, it's like everything these days. I mean, people have fatigue over everything. Um, And I know a few people have complained about Kickstarter as like a, because a a bad model to, you know, or less, uh, maybe not bad model, but like a difficult model to sustain. Um, how do how are you how are you you dealing with it do you think you would kickstart another album like your next one or do you think you might try something else next time i i I really think if i were to go back to that particular well it could not be for another couple years it would have to be a very uh, a very specific project that that required you know something on that level um and it would have to be the right project uh, for, for me to go back to the crowdfunding well like that. Um, Cause it, there, there is fatigue and it's, it's less of, uh, and it's not just on the, the consumer or the, you know, the, the fan or the, the mm. listener. It's, it's, it's running a Kickstarter while it's going is incredibly taxing <laughs> and, yeah. and anxiety inducing and, Oh yeah, it's a it it's a nightmare. Yeah, and you're uh, spo- and that's supposed to be the time that you're getting ready to record an album as well. So yeah, it's not yeah. good timing. Um, yeah, yeah, it was all. Oof. Um, yeah, so it, it's also a thing that that regardless of, of whether or not it would it would be successful, it's not necessarily an undertaking that I want to take on anytime soon. You know, again, because mm-hmm. um, you know I'm still fulfilling. Uh, our physical rewards for 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 this one, and will be through probably the end of January. Um, it's a it's a it's a whole thing. <laughs> um, and I know you've uh, sworn off Spotify. Well, I I, I had I, I I ran into this issue um, uh, of uh, basically distribution costs for for individual records on things like iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, all the, all the kind of major, um, you know, uh, streaming I, I sites, guess, I, I guess streaming and, and, uh, you know, MP3 purchasing sites. Uh, it, it costs like an, an annual fee, um, you know, upwards of like 50 bucks per record or something every year. Um, and with half lonely, the last release that I did put on, you know, Spotify and everything, I looked at the last year's financials cause those are also right there. And it was like, well, you know, maybe I break even on the 50 bucks in this next year on an old record. Maybe I don't. Um, and at that point, you know, I, I, I defaulted it to where my, where I liked keeping my records at a certain point, um, on Bandcamp, which is free, you know, pay what you can, mm. um, by, and by donation. Uh, and you know, I figured it, it's, it's there if you, if, if, if you want it. Um, uh, so part of it was kind of moving on and also, yeah, disenchantment with, with the fact that our streaming future is here to stay. And unfortunately it doesn't pay artists anything. Um, you know, like I had, I could look at the, the, the data and, uh, you know, for that record when it was just out and it was brand new on Spotify and it was getting like, you know, over the course of, of a week or two, you know, in like 10, 20,000 plays. Um, and like, then like a week later i look and see you know oh, oh cool the spotify check came in or whatever you have earned and, two dollars <laughs> uh no, no 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 like 60 cents oh wow that is bad and and so like over over the lifetime of of that record being up on spotify you know it, it maybe made a couple bucks and it's just like oh that's not 
mm, yeah. that's not that's not tenable. Um, at the same time, if you do like a casual anecdotal survey of any of your friends who listen to any amount of music at all, uh, chances are most of them do listen through something like Spotify. Um, yeah, and, and 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 the you know especially when you are a uh, uh, you know, still emerging artist, and you're still trying to get your stuff in front of them as many people as possible. Um, cutting yourself off from entire markets isn't necessarily the best thing. Um, so, like for 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 this record, uh, you know, Get Rec should be up on Spotify and Apple Music and Title and all that junk uh, as well. Um, but uh, that may not be forever. You know? Yeah. It was. It's funny when you look at the, the the reality of the numbers, and I don't know if you get this, but I get this quite a lot from family members and and friends and stuff. Of like, there's just that myth out there of the internet like billionaire, like who's just like I put a video up on YouTube and now I'm making millions of dollars. Uh, it's like you know you uh, do you ever like you ever like well, hey why don't you put your songs up on the YouTubes and and make some money like do you, do you ever get that from family? uh occasionally um and and yeah it's it's funny i mean there were all those you know articles in the last week about you know instagram stars who have like millions of followers and you know there's this perceived notion that oh they must be super rich then it's like no that's, that's yeah they all have day jobs <laughs> yeah yeah the, the internet does not deal one-to-one in terms of uh monetary income so uh are you yeah, and, sorry go ahead yeah it's just a. Uh, it, it's it can be tough to break that perception sometimes yeah because i because i know because you're not particularly worried about music videos i don't think i know you made one for smash mouth but you i don't think you make many for your songs right no and and i'm i'm kind of you know working and trying trying to you know do more kind of multimedia audiovisual component stuff with it just because like for me that's a it's a way i like consuming like i love music videos i love watching um what someone thinks is the, the appropriate <laughs> kind of like video accompaniment to a certain song like that is that is fascinating to me yeah um and so you know there will be there will be in the future some 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 video stuff perhaps next next week i don't know when this is going up oh okay um, this will be going up but, uh january so first week of january. okay yeah, yeah. so th- th- there should be some stuff up uh there should be a video for for stars oh um, sweet of, of of some sort now you have been a astronaut in the past twice i believe because you yeah. did you did the space odyssey or the uh what was space weird thing uh mm-hmm. video of marion Call and molly lewis and then you had a, your own uh music video which i am i was i reading that right that you were a spaceman or at least a time travel time travel it's, it's, okay it's time travel thing. okay it's definitely a space helmet and spacesuit looking deal okay um so uh with a song called stars your heart are you going back to the well <laughs> um no and and no and it, it'll be out by the time uh this is this airs and then that'll be a really 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 funny question <laughs> uh, yeah definitely check that out it's 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 certainly it's certainly something different okay uh because yeah because i know sometimes uh because obviously 
lyrically it's nothing to do with any of that sort of stuff but I know whenever uh, I've talked to bands before about songs and stuff like that like you get you, someone will be so super literal about the title of the song and then like try and do that sort of thing so yeah I, I, that that just flashed before my eyes but now I'm looking forward to this yeah no that, that song is definitely about Sailor Moon so <laughs> um, that'll, that'll be incorporated in some way um, now uh before we kind of because we're getting close to our time we've got about 15 minutes left uh we met through dragon con yeah yeah that guy that was three years ago now yeah which is crazy to me i can't believe it that long ago um i i have a weird feeling about conventions in the sense of i wouldn't go to them if i wasn't working at them are you a convention man uh, I never went to one until I worked at one. Okay. Um, in, in a similar capacity, too. Uh, Dragon Con was my first actual, like, real deal convention. Oh, really? And, and how, that, how did that Dragon Con in, in 2012? Um, it was. Oh, it's an <laughs> exhausting experience. Um, Ain't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was really fun. I had a really good time. I met a bunch of really cool people, yourself included. That was the first weekend I met Ben and Molly and Ken. And, um, it, was, it was a really good time, but uh, conventions are extremely draining uh, yeah. for me. I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm an introverted person, um, despite the whole performance angle, which usually throws people off. But there's something completely different about... Uh, playing songs of any or playing music or you know performing in any way yeah in front of a large group of people uh, as opposed to being on the same floor as a bunch of uh, <laughs> a bunch of strangers yeah trying to move through a crowd of that many yeah, people yeah that is that is absolutely exhausting to me um, <laughs> but still there there are a lot of fun things you know i i guess that's not true i guess i'd gone to one other convention but it's kind of an atypical convention uh magfest out in the national harbor in dc um is a they they call it it's it stands for the music and games festival um which is an unusual combination yeah well yeah and and it's a it's a lot of kind of gaming focused uh musical acts performing but they also have a 24-hour free-to-play arcade that's just massive um, and, you know, panels and other events and stuff, a lot of uh, streamers now um, and Let's Players and, and that kind of uh, crew uh, ends up there uh, doing panels and things like that. But mostly we would go and, you know, it, it, we'd kind of just hang out with a, a, a group of friends and, you know, party up in, in hotel rooms and go down to the, the, the arcade and, you know, play some Windjammers on a Neo Geo cabinet, you know, like really, <laughs> really heavy stuff. Um, yeah. So you wouldn't have to deal with crowds too much. Um, but yeah, something like Dragon Con, it's just, uh, that is, it's taxing. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's, I know because Marion, who you're very close with and done a lot of shows with and Molly, who you're very close and done a lot of shows with, they do the con circuit a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, is that something where do you think you're, you lend to that as well? Or do you think? Oh, I don't think so. Um, Yeah. And and I think mostly because um, something that uh, a lot of Molly's songs and a lot of Marion's songs do a really good job of is, is just being extremely accessible in terms of like-minded people um, being able to just kind of 
get sucked into a, a, you know a universe whether it's a, a song about a you know a fictional thing or if it's just a song about you know Abraham Lincoln or Road Trip or something like that. Um, there, there, you know, there's a comedic element to like a lot of their stuff, and there's a there's a lightness there that right. I, I feel is is really is easy easier for a more fleeting audience like something something you know it's like congoers for example who have a million things on their schedule um who you know you, you might be able to to make more fans at, at a thing like that whereas you know if it's just me singing about you know really <laughs> idiosyncratic <laughs> feelings and drinking about them but um, like you but you like you do have songs about sailor moon and like was that last leaf it's like a, a, a ds game as well oh yeah new leaf is a, new leaf a, new leaf yeah, it's, you know, roughly about Animal Crossing. Um, yeah, yeah, and so, like, there's there's stuff there, and you know, I have like been at convention areas before. I've been like, oh, here's a song that was featured on Welcome to Night Vale, and people are like, oh, well, oh god, that's the thing I know, and then they'll like, you know, their ears will perk up for a minute, but otherwise, it's I don't know if it's particularly the best venue, and and frankly, I don't know if it's the best venue for for music in general um mm, yeah you know it, it seems to be like a thing that certain cons want but maybe don't know how to deal with in a way that that is conducive to the actual performers yeah so like you know tech ops and stuff <laughs> yeah, t- tech um for sure but also like thinking about environment you know like I've, yeah. I've played in um you know playing in a in a ballroom or something like that isn't necessarily the best especially if if uh uh, yeah, it it, it kind of depends. Um, Where do you the, the concert? It's not necessarily something I'm I'm kind of shooting for with my stuff. Right, and so what? What is ideal scenario? What is Seth Meyers going to find? What's 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 your favorite room? Do you like do you? Because some people like I love performing in a bar, or mm-hmm. I love performing in a small theater or something like that. Like some people have like somewhere that they just like. This is what I want to perform in all the time. And you've performed in lots of different types of venues now at this point. Um, you know, the ideal situation is a place where it is a quiet sit down room. You know, for for the stuff that that I typically play. Mm. Um, which isn't necessarily you know all the stuff on the new record because if I had a full band, yeah, I'd like to play in like a club that you know uh, where where people can stand up and move around a little bit. Um, yeah, but mostly do the uh, mostly do the Seattle like head nod where they like, <laughs> kind of sit in the back with their you know craft beer and and just nod along like yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I, might, <laughs> I might I might give a, twep, a tepid tweet review of this later. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll favorite his tweet about it the, the, at the end yeah, of the night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, might, might include him in Fall of Friday. I don't know. People mm. still do that. I'll bring it back. Uh, if I'm playing solo stuff, like playing a, a small, um, a small uh, theater, you know, the, where where again people are sitting and focused on the music, and 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 uh, that is typically the best. Um, but I, I spent I spent years in in Anchorage playing loud uh either extremely empty or very crowded bars um, <laughs> a lot of the times on weekdays uh you know just kind of shoved in the corner with a pa system on a stool right um and i kind of liked that challenge and i kind of i kind of i, I should probably book some more uh around town here um <laughs> once i can figure out who to do that with and you know get get more established because i still haven't really played too much in seattle i've just been on the road a lot um, but there's, there's kind of a challenge that's really fun in that situation of 
all right, well, I'm going to sing this song and I'm going to hit this note in just a way that it's going to make at least two people sitting at the bar not paying attention, like turn their head for half a minute. Um, right. If I could do that, then that's great. And then the, the the one or two people that you get to come up, you know, and and you know, give you a nice tip or or you know, buy a record or something, you know, in between songs is is it feels really earned. I don't know. It's one yeah. of those high degree of difficulty things that I kind of enjoy. Yeah, it's a it's a common thing with uh, stand up comedy as well. Is that like you know yeah. if you if you have a room that you know is difficult, if you can get it over, you're the badass. Like you know what I mean? It's uh, it's it's a self competitive thing. I think. I really love the um, that you know I've heard it a lot in the past couple of years that more more and more stand up comics kind of discussing on podcasts and comedy podcasts, but that I listen to a, a fair amount of you know like this this strange kinship between musicians and comedians um, because so much of of what we do is is linked in a way. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and it's and it's great, and I think it's 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 a nice way for me to like you know because. I'm not the funniest guy in the world, but I really enjoy like uh, I, I enjoy good comedy and end up listening to a, a getting kind of deep diving into the comedy nerd world, you know, mm. uh, which is its own subset of nerd now, which is great. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, this is, this is I and I have noticed it since that like, and it's a, it's an old thing that like every every front man for a band thinks he's a stand-up comedian and i've seen so many like bits in between like you know guy in between two songs trying to like work the crowd and like a comedy sense and it's just like oh no it's it's not good but then i've i've heard a lot of stand-ups try and do music have you heard of uh, h john benjamin's jazz album no, I, I I heard about it. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm I'm so excited. That's that's exactly the kind of <laughs> elaborate bit that I really appreciate. Yeah, because I don't think he even sings on it. Because I think he knows he's terrible at that. But he thought he'd give banging on a piano a try. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a strange it's a strange connection. Um, so yeah, I guess we need to plug your everything then um because we're gonna wrap up but uh it's seth boyer is pretty much your go-to find for all your websites right yeah yeah sethboyer.com has has all the links to the everything and all the all the the twitters and the tumblers and the youtubes and stuff uh, um, and Bandcamp, uh the the album's available now and by the time you're hearing this it'll be up on itunes and amazon and everywhere else too okay but we'd encourage people to go through Bandcamp because it works better for you right yeah yeah but 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 generally the rule of thumb is is you know if if you prefer you know buying through itunes or amazon or whatever infrastructure you know google play anything like that you know stream as as much as you want but after like if, if you've streamed a record two or three times my record or anyone else's and and you really enjoy it um do consider uh purchasing it purchasing it as well because that's that's the only way that the artist on the other end is going to see any amount of money. <laughs> and, uh, and that is the, 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 the whole full-time endeavor of, of a lot of working musicians out there. Yeah. Keeps us, you know, also you want to get on some of those slow jam records, mixtapes as well that people can make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to play I'm going to play as out on one of your songs. So I'm going to let All you right. choose which one that we play. Oof. Um, uh, how about December? December done written down and then people will slowly be hearing it in their ears <laughs> <laughs> sounds good alright man well thank you very much for, for chatting to me um, yeah thanks for having me it's been fun um, you know it's been good to catch up still in eternalizing reasons 
started Kind of broken hearted Right back where we started Kind of broken hearted Right back where we started Yeah.